Welcome to In The Moment Live. I am Janine Rotter. I've spent the past decade educating clients through my one-on-one personal coaching programs and online nutrition courses. My work has been published in health and fitness articles, Oxygen Magazine, and many Arizona-based media outlets. Today, I am empowering women to live their best lives in the moment. Each week, you will find me here with an exciting new guest or solo where no topic is off limits, bringing unique life experiences to the table live and in the moment. Meet with me every week for in-depth hot topic sessions where no topic is too taboo. In the moment live, we talk about health and wellness, sexuality, intimacy, and spirituality, and how they all connect together for the most powerful and meaningful life. I encourage you to join us during our live sessions and to submit your topic ideas for a chance at it being the main topic in the moment, plus the opportunity for you to be coached by me live one-on-one. This is In The Moment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In The Moment Live. We are here with our first session. Super excited to start this. Um, Thank you all so much for um, signing up. I know it's not easy. It's not a one easy click and done. There's some loops and hoops that you have to jump through to get here tonight live. So I greatly appreciate you guys um, signing in and um, taking the time to be here with us tonight for our first session. I have been dreaming about doing this and it's crazy that it's here tonight, but super excited. yeah, a place where women can come together, feel safe, secure, and where women empower women. And I'm super excited to see where this goes. Tonight, um, I welcome Karina Rotter to In The Moment. Um, Karina is based in Scottsdale, Arizona. She is the owner and lead designer of Crafted Renovations, well known for being one of the best in the industry when it comes to design, remodeling, and building custom spec homes. She started her business in 2018 when she began doing her own renovate to resell projects. Not even a year later, she began having clients approach her to do their own personal and investment home renovations and new builds. By being the designer on these projects and having an entire team of architects, general contractors, and trade-only source accounts, She is able to offer her clients a one-stop shop type of service to create stunning homes for her clients. Karina does not believe in quickly flipping or cheaply building a home. Whether it's for her company's personal renovate to resell homes or her client jobs, attention to detail and quality of craftsmanship is where she believes sets herself apart from the others in this industry. So let's dive deeper into this. Um, Remember, we'll have Q&A along the way. If you have some questions, go ahead and type those in the Q&A section. And let me get those up real quick so I can see those come in. And um, I did have some email to me. Thank you guys so much for doing that. That makes sure that you get your questions answered. Um, So those questions will be asked along the way as well. I have those here with me. So again, uh, for future uh, sessions, if you want to have your question, um, make sure that it gets 
noticed and answered, go ahead and email those to me. So Karina, welcome Thank to you. the first session. Thank you so much so for exciting. having me. <laughs> I'm so honored to be your first, oh, first one. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> okay. So diving into this deeper, what is your favorite part of your job? Oh, wow. This is going to be, I mean, I need to focus on this more. I need to focus more on the favorite part of my job. So thank you for that being the first question. Um, I think the creative side that it gives me, um, I always felt like I was creative, but I felt like I never had anywhere. I never had that outlet or anywhere to really do it. So when I got into real estate and when I was going to school, everything, I just just felt lost. I felt like I wasn't doing my purpose. And when I got into designing homes, it really just lights me up. So mm -hmm. I think just that creativity and just being able to kind of show myself through these designs is just, it feels so good. And mm -hmm. yeah, and so it's every house, every time it's done, I just sit there and I sit in the house and I just look around and it just, it, all of the stress makes it feel worth it. So that's definitely my, when they're completed, I guess is my favorite part of the job. And what's nice about that is they're, you know, you're doing your own plus client jobs. So they're, yeah. the clients bring in ideas that mm -hmm. you normally wouldn't have. Yes. Is that challenging? Yes. And no, I think there have been some challenging clients who I I start to like question if our, our visions align, if our, you know, like sometimes it can get frustrating, but when I have a client right now that we're in the like heart of like the design phase and her and I are just, we get each other and everything I send, she loves and the ideas she sends back, I love. And when I have a client like that, it is just like a, I feel like I struck like a gold mine. Cause I'm like, wow, like we're just vibing and creating this like so unique because it's not something I might've designed right away. But when she told me the style, it's like a, she wants like a French organic, like a French, like, like Chateau that. with the organic vibe. And I'm like, wow, this couldn't be more perfect. And we're just like vibing. And so that's just, it's oh. amazing. But when you have clients that you don't vibe with, it can be yeah. a little challenging, but well, that's good. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So that's your favorite part. What's the hardest part? Oh, um, there's a lot of different sections of the worst part, <laughs> like, I guess my least favorite. We part. are live on TV, yeah, I know, so we like, want to make sure that we're careful on what we say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I really, it's hard because I don't think I discuss enough on like my social media platform, how hard this job really is mm -hmm. and how stressful it really is. And, you know, I know a big topic tonight we're going to talk about, I'm sure we'll dive in it, but like working just only with men and, right. you know, all of that and the hitting heads, it is a very creative industry, even with the contractors and stuff, it's very creative. So there's hitting of heads, but I'd say even that's fine. I would say the part that stresses me out the most of the job is like timelines, cost of things, showing up to a job site and like it's completely wrong. And I have to be the asshole. Sorry. I cuss. I have to this be the asshole to ask them to redo it or change it. And it's just, there's a lot of like ups and downs. There's like a lot of rewards throughout the way, 
but I would say like most of the build process. And I try to tell my clients this, like when we first start, like the build process, remodel process is not easy and you have to really trust the process. And that's even hard for me in the heat of the moment to really like trust the process when I walk in and I think the wood floors are scratched and there's paint drips on them and the plumbing, like it looks like the, I mean, this is all literally references of this week. Like this is all this week. I've been there with her and it's interesting, but I'll tell you it. So we have the start when you're meeting with the client or you're starting your new design of your home and then you have the completed project. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you feel is the most stressful phase? Yeah. The most stressful phase is like the last three weeks of the job being completed because things are coming together, but they're not completed. So it feels, sometimes it feels like things are clashing clients come walking in the job sites trashed and they see their brand new, like appliances and range, like uncovered. And those little details are starting to go in like the details that me and the client work so hard Mm -hmm. to design or me like by myself, you know, whatever, like those little details start to go in. And sometimes you're like, you start to panic and you feel like it's like not going the way as planned. The grout color is different than right. it was supposed to be, but you have to roll with it because they already grouted it. And so it's trusting that process in the last three weeks that I, I think each project ages me probably like five years, those three weeks, because it's just chaos. The clients are calling nonstop. We're like always on the job site. Like the last three weeks I've had to be here. I can't, I couldn't leave because things don't get done. I've literally had contractors tell me like, unless I'm here, things don't get done. And it's true. Like, it's like, I have to be there to like help the contractors put those designs together. And that's really hard. I never thought I never experienced, like, I never realized that was going to become my job. Like I thought I got to just design the houses and make them pretty. I didn't realize I had to be there to make sure the contractors made it happen and it came to life the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned you roll with it if the grout is the wrong color. And that's not true because I've Mm -hmm. seen you (laughs) not she's a perfectionist. And so she likes wonder where I get that. (laughs) And, um, this, the bathroom I'm thinking of was, you know, a couple of, it was the, one of the last latest projects and the tile grout was not great. And rip it out, start over. I did rip it out. You know, I wanted to rip out the whole shower. I wanted to rip out the whole shower. And I said, no, let's try changing grout. And yeah, we changed the floor tile. The lighting. The lighting. The lighting lighting. that that made a difference. And so, yeah, it's nice that, well, so that segues completely into my next question is on a level of one to 10, um, where your stress is. I think you answered that. And I think you answered where you didn't ask on a level. I mean, obviously, so this latest project is, um, should be done and completed within the next week. So we're in that three yeah. week stretch that you mm-hmm. mentioned on a scale of one to 10, where are you? Well, I know what 10 feels like and it's not pretty and it's not fun. So I can't say I'm at a 10, but I feel like I'm pretty high up there. And it's not just cause I have the one house right now. I have all the clients and other projects and other construction crews and 
I get such in a zone when one house is being completed. I want to give it my, all my attention because I feel like it needs my full attention because I know how hard those last three weeks are sometimes more, sometimes less, but usually around three weeks, it's like, I need to be there. And unfortunately I feel like my other stuff starts to slip and, and with client work, of course, that's hard because they deserve and they expect my attention still as well during that time. And so I'd say right now it's, it's high because I still have all the other projects I need to focus on, but I'm, I really need to focus on one. So I feel it's just trying to manage that. And it's been a long time of me trying to figure out how to manage that. And I'm still working on that, but I'm just a, a lot of people don't know I'm a one man show. Like I don't have an assistant. I've been telling this girl for years to hire an assistant and, and I need to, I just don't know where to give up control. It's hard well, because <laughs> you find that when you, when you have your business and stuff, no one does it like you do. Right. So hiring the assistant, we've, we've talked about it. It would be really in telling her calling you and asking you the same question. Yeah. So she's just the middleman, yeah. which sometimes is nice. It's a buffer, but sometimes it's just like cut out the middleman and go straight yeah. to it. But you're, you're building a custom spec um, in the process of remodeling your first uh, going to be a, a renovation to VRBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have clients. How many current clients do you have? Um, I told myself I wasn't going to take any more. I signed on two more this week. Oh. Um, so I have 10, 10. clients. How, what is the most you've had at one time? This is the most I've had. Oh, at it one is. Time. So well, the time so I have said- 10 clients plus the two projects. So I have 12 okay. things, 12 total. projects. And they're all at different phases. Most of the clients right now are at planning and design phase. So it's a little easier. I can buy, can buy some time too mm-hmm. with timelines and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's currently the most I've had. And I keep telling myself to stop at eight. So I hit, I hit 10 and yeah. <laughs> no, technically 12. So I, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so let's dive a little into why we're here tonight. We're talking and discussing about women in male dominated industries and um, in the construction world, quick Google search told me that six and a half percent is um, women in construction. And that isn't even, you know, kind of close to 10 percent, but six and a half percent is really low numbers. And granted, a lot of these women are hard hats. They're really in there doing yeah. the work. Mm-hmm. But you are too. I mean, you, you're in there, you're getting dirty. You're doing a lot. You're wearing the hard hats. Um, but have you ever found that you weren't given a project because you're a woman? You know, I don't, I can't verify it. Of course. I have no idea if that's the truth. Um, I do. There's one that comes to mind that, um, it's cause I was new and, you know, I didn't have, when I first started, I kind of hid myself a lot. And so I just let crafted be crafted and the homes speak for themselves. And I didn't post myself a lot on social media. So I don't think anybody really knew who was behind crafted for a while. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. It was another investor and he called to try to figure out like who was crafted. And I, I remember I answered and he, 
mind you, he was also come to find out like a complete asshole, but, um, like beyond, like beyond, but he'd asked, he basically asked for me directly because he thought I was the assistant or something on the phone. And I was like, no, I, I had to like, you know, after a while, I'm like, yeah, this is crafted renovations. Like I'm Karina. And he's like, no, I would like to speak to like the owner of crafted. And I'm like, I am the owner. And he was like, oh, and like, it's like whole, and it was all over the phone. So it couldn't have been like looks. It couldn't have been all of that. It was solely just my voice. And it was like an, oh, and like, you could just hear it. And then you, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was, he kind of just started making comments and like kind of demeaning in a way that were like, he's like, oh, I should have known from the grandma sign in the front yard or something oh like God. that, like that I was a woman. Yeah. And I think I remember I'm sure oh, yeah. I came home and told now, you. I, well, at first I'm like, I hope this isn't ringing a bell. And I'm like, nope, now I know who it is. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, I should have known it was a woman from the grandma sign in the yard. And I was just like, what? And it went for months. This guy would contact me and just, say some horrible things to me and but it started where and then he tried to like get me to like help design him and stuff and then he literally just like just like I basically told him no but like it was like weird because I felt like he originally contacted me to have us like do his invent like his homes for him so going back to the original question like I do feel his original intent was to contact me to get us to like like he wanted to hire us okay. um and then the whole like grandma comment all of that definitely felt like because I was a woman and then he felt threatened that I wasn't just a woman I was like a woman at, like, at his level investing in real estate and doing all of that he, I wasn't just a designer I was I was I'm an investor too right so I don't think a, a, like men also don't really like that part mm-hmm. either in this industry so, so not so much a woman aspect, but how about being young, That's, young the age? I think I lose more jobs, oh, like more than not because of my age and not because of that I'm a woman. And have those, have they been interviews or you, or I mean, has that? There's been two that stick out to me the most. One ended up hiring me and it's been fine, but another one in particular, I showed up you know it was all through email like come see like whatever I set it all up to like go do the first client walkthrough and at this time I still wasn't posting myself very often on the social media and I I pull up and a a woman answers the door and she's a wife and has a whole family it's like a you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like so it's like a and I I walk up and she was like hi like when's when's Karina gonna get here I was like (laughs) I am Karina. Like, yeah. So weird. I'm like, that's such a weird question to ask. And I had another client say the same thing to me. I invited them over to see one of our, our spec homes our custom spec homes. And they walk in and I'm like, hi. And they're like, Hey, like, like not paying any attention to me. My, I'm probably also was dressed like crap too, but they were like, like no attention to me. And I was like, are you so-and-so? And they're like, yeah. She's like, wait, are you Karina? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, and she literally said, she goes, I wasn't expecting you to be so young. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's who ended up, I ended up, they ended up hiring me. Thank goodness. But I do feel like there's been other jobs that like, they didn't say anything like that, but I could tell 
Cause then I left and they would email me like asking my experience and asking me for my portfolio and asking me. And a lot of those ended up not hiring me even after I sent them my resume, you know? And, um, I do feel like it was more of my age than a woman thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So HGTV, (laughs) that's been fun. Um, three interviews, um, all of which I believe the latest one was the farthest along you've gotten mm-hmm. up that um, interview process. Mm-hmm. And what do you think your opinion is, is what, why they didn't sign you? I'm a single woman doing this alone and it's not good TV apparently. And it's not that I just think that I was told that multiple times and all of them wanted me to bring on a man to pretend like they do something. Um, The most recent one was a little more realistic at least. And that's why I think we got as far as we did. They just wanted this time. They didn't want Marshall to fake it. You know, the other two wanted Marshall to fake it. The other ones that reached out to me wanted Marshall to fake it. So there's like three interviews, but had a few like, like encounters, all of them wanted Marshall to fake it. They want the couple. They wanted mm-hmm. like the couple. They wanted Chip and Joanna. Right. And that's just not, that's not what I do. That's not the truth. And so they, those ones didn't get too far. And then this one, they asked us to bring, or they asked me if I would just be comfortable with the contractor being like on TV a lot more. And the thing is I have multiple contractors and I get along with them and like, we have our different relationships and stuff. And they told me I could only choose one. And then the other one would have to be the behind the scenes because of the volume we would be doing, we would need multiple contractors, but they wanted me to choose one for TV that I, once again, we pretended that we were doing this together. Mm -hmm. And I think in the end, and something dawned on me the other day, I was, I was replaying what that, that producer said to me when they told, when he said it was a no, I, he said, (laughs) he said that they said no, because it wasn't an original like thing. And I, that I, it didn't like hit me for the longest time. I didn't like that. I was like, Oh, okay. Like whatever. But I was like, Oh, now like it hit, like dawned on me literally this week where I was like, wait, it wasn't original because you were trying to throw them something that was fake. And it's been, been there, done that. And I'm like, wow, maybe if they would have told the truth, right. That I'm a single woman, 28 in Scottsdale doing this alone maybe the truth would have won. Yeah, I think that's great TV. I think that it's so frustrating when you would tell me these stories. It's like, that is great TV. You started this 23 years old. You've started, you know, simple fix and flip. Now you're building multi-million dollar homes and that's not good TV. I, I don't understand the dynamic of needing a male um, yeah, that's I been mean, played and replayed, right? Yeah. And I think it's maybe not necessarily just a male. They want like a dynamic duo, okay? right? They want somebody that we can, you can talk to because I guess, I guess in filming, you know, 
That does make sense. So, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But just tell them the truth. Show that I talk with multiple contractors right. a day. Like, talk to them. Like, people can keep up on TV. Like, they can keep up that, like, this house is with this. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that is too complicated. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but I don't know. I've, I've, but it was interesting that it just dawned on me that I was like, wait. Yeah. It's funny. HGTV wants something new. They want something new. Yeah, they're looking. They're looking for something new. I don't find. know what it is, but they look to and good. I'm glad. Yeah. Because yeah. they do need some fresh new ideas. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think so. I think they need some fresh ideas. Um, so you go on these sites, all men. I've never seen another woman beside you at the property sites. And um, how when you're there on location, how do you make your voice seen? Or how do you make your voice heard? Most of the time, I'm only dealing with my main GC on the job site. Very rarely do I have to talk outside of them. Now, that's not always true because, you know, my GCs can't always be there. And sometimes I have to fill in for them and show up to the job site and be there. And then I am running their crew during that time. But... Being the GC is kind of, I basically had to show my dominance, if you'll call it that, with the GC. And then it feel like it kind of trickles down from there. Because if he's a good GC, not just talking about my GCs, but GCs in general for other girls who, women who might be listening to this that would like not even get into this business, but maybe you're about to remodel a house or right. build a home. Um, I think finding a GC that will understand you hear you and then he will trickle down that to his crew and he'll like assert like a dominance hopefully that's a hopefully thing like right like not a lot of men yeah. might do that so you know I think but those days that I have to step in and kind of be the GC when they're not there I play a little bit of a game I hate to say this because it's not who I am, but I've learned the six years of doing this, that a smile and a giggle go a long way. And I hate to even admit that, but it's true. And I laugh at their jokes that aren't funny. <laughs> and I say, thank you so much. The damsel in distress when yeah, they, they love help me open something. And, you know, they do, they rush over. I'll be like moving something and I'm like, I got it. I got it. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, let me help you. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I'm like, I realized like how far that that goes. And I didn't realize it right away. I kind of strong armed that for a while. And I realized they were harsher to me. And they like, when I was, cause I was probably being harsh to them. Right. I've heard from a lot of people that I have a resting bitch face and me saying like, no, I got it probably in the heat of doing something, you know, probably wasn't very nice. Mm -hmm. And they, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing the same level of how they would interact with me when I was like more harsh like that. So unfortunately I felt like when I softened up around the men, they, a little goes a long way with, <laughs> with well, that. And men like to feel needed. They do. And they, um, that, you know, we'll talk that in a minute, but it is, it's so true. It's like, if, you know, today we were talking about, you know, masculinity and feminism and mm -hmm. all the aspects of it. And, you know, um, there are, if we were equal, 
you know, we, like I was saying at lunch, we would be able to carry our husbands around and we right. would be able to lift them and carry them. And we need them. You yeah. know, there are things that, you know, we, we help me move this and do that. And Absolutely. there's nothing better than a nice, strong man to help you, you know, yeah. move your stuff. And, and they like to help. They, they do. Love, they want to help you. They do. And I've seen that time and time again and on the yeah. projects. And I don't know if I just got lucky. I I don't know, but the crews I work with are, I've never felt disrespected by them. Um, the other day I underestimated the weather and I usually always wear like t-shirts and like baggy clothes, like to the job site. And I underestimated the weather and thought I was safe putting on my jean and my, my literally like spaghetti strap tank yeah. top. Cause I was gonna wear my coat all day long. It was like 80 degrees yesterday. Oh yeah. And so I had to take that coat off, man. And I don't think, I think the guys avoided me most of the day. They did so help me, but they avoided, but I never saw like a look. I never mm. heard a giggle. I never, respectful. so it was very respectful, very respectful. And I think I got lucky, but I know, I don't, I know that's not the case for a lot of, I've talked to other designers who are designers and not, you know, like constantly on the job site, they just show up to the job site and they, they ask me all the time, like how I'm comfortable spending eight hours a day on a job site with just men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know. All I can say is my crew is respectful. When, I don't feel that way. But you, you worked hard to get the crew you have. I, I mean, did. how many contractors did you interview before you oh landed God. on these two? Well, 10 up front, 10 up front before I started working with Miguel and he was the contractor I worked with and still work with, you know, most through it. And then it was trial and error after that. Cause not all the clients, all not all my clients used Miguel, they would use their own contractor and stuff. And those would always be hit or miss. And sometimes those job sites are a little more interesting. Um, I can see where those other designers are coming from with that for sure. Um, and then between finding like the other GC that I work with now, like the most probably like, yeah, I've probably been with like five other contractors in between that time before finding the one that's now that I work with just as much as Miguel. And yeah, I'd say not all of them were as respectful. So those crews, the crew I have now is for a reason Mm -hmm. because they are so respectful. Well, and you have to tell these contractors and men no. Yeah. And how a lot for the listeners here tonight. I mean, what would you say? Um, how would how do you suggest um, using the no word with confidence on the job? And it, it, like right, being knowing that it's going to be respectful, respected back. Yeah. There's there's you know, one person, like a contractor in particular that I have to be more stern with than I do most of them. Um, for most of them, I can get by with being like, mm, you know, like gentle, like, mm, it's a good idea, but like, I don't think so. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm, no, I think I'm going to do this. You know, I kind of like shrug it off, like a shrug it off. No. Um, some, con- some contractors that doesn't work with, and they try to press, they try to press what their opinion and what they're trying to say. And with them, I've learned, I have to be a lot more aggressive with mm-hmm. and be a lot more like, no, I don't, I yeah. don't want that. 
like stop. And then they'll like, they'll still press it. And I'll be like, I have to put the bitch hat on and be like, no, no, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do that very often. Most of the time, like I said, I can get by with just a gentle, like, "Hmm." and like, I always try to say like, that's a good idea. Or I try to like, you know, like, so I don't, I don't want to hurt their ego. I don't want to, I don't want to be like, you know, whatever. But sometimes like there's days I'm on a job site and this, this subcontractors ask me a question, this subcontractor, like there's like six guys at Krina, 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 Krina. And I get exhausted and those no's start getting a lot more harsh. Mm -hmm. So I, but I try to remind myself that they mean well, they're only asking me because they, they want it to be done right. The first time they want it to be done right. A lot of these, my crew now take such pride in their work. And so I need to remember that they're asking me these things because they want the best result. And so that also and I've had to even, you know, take that into everyday life, not just with the crews. I just find just talking with a lot of men in general, you know, we to be a little more gentle because especially being a boss woman, mm-hmm. you know, is like what the term is. And like being a boss woman, you have to realize that going back out into everyday life where not everyone knows that you can't be so like right. harsh. And even in my relationship, you know, I. I've taken a lot of what I've learned on the job site with Marshall and even realized like how to be more like, I, I can't be so sharp timed. And like, like you said earlier, men want to be wanted. They want to be needed mm-hmm. and letting him open the pickle jar. Yeah. You know, every once in a while is going to go a long way. And so it's the same with the crew, like letting them do their thing and being nice goes a long way. <laughs> okay. So I have to get a little closer. We have, couple of questions coming in. Is it a struggle to find help these days? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Uh, I think that's a good question in any industry. Yeah, I'd say every industry is struggling with that horribly, but in construction, even more so. I think construction has always been kind of a revolving door for most like subcontractors, besides like the contractor themselves, you know, all their workers. I think they have like a revolving door. I think it's one of the reasons why I haven't hired an assistant. You know, I don't know if I, not just the time it's going to take to train them, but I don't want to train them and then they leave, you know? So I would, yes, I mean, it's, it's really tough out there. And, you know, like with our pool subcontractors, they canceled on us three times this week because they couldn't, they didn't have the help. Wow. They, could, they didn't have the help. So our pool got delayed another week because the, the, the Pebble Tech guys didn't have the help. Yeah. So yes, it is, it is hard to find workers. And Brenda's asking, you would be perfect for that show. Oh, uh, thank nice. you. She thank would you. be perfect for that show. We would all tune in, wouldn't we, ladies? <laughs> we would have... There's 10 of us here tonight. I want to say thank you so much. That is amazing for our first show. I, um, that's yes. a great, but yeah, there would be, there's 10 gals here that are, everybody's saying they're all, yep. Look at the yeses coming in. So thank you. Um, what advice for the ladies tonight um, on the importance of not trying to fit in? No. <laughs> so that could be right. That's a twofold question of, I wouldn't even say in the, um, I would say, 
social media for is in your industry is hot. So let's, let's dive into that. Trying not to fit in. Do you feel that pressure? Oh, every day. I, I hate to even admit this, but I think it's good to admit it that I feel like I make a lot of decisions when I design based off of how it's going to be perceived, how that image is going to look on Instagram, how it's going to flow with what's in style. Um, and it sucks because I literally feel like I'm making decisions all the time based off of fitting in on social media, mostly, hmm. mostly. Um, cause I feel like if I didn't have Instagram to post on and all of that, I feel like it would just be my clients coming to, and we would just be doing our thing. You know, it would just be designing the way that they want it, the way I want it because of Instagram and all of that. I feel like I have to, I feel like I'm held to a different standard because I'm going to be posting these homes for people outside of Arizona to see people for the world to see. And it's your business. it goes beyond just clients. It goes even if people never hire me, they're still following for inspiration. So it feels like I have to be like, I feel like I'm held at a whole different kind of level because of it, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Right. That could just be the story I'm telling myself, but that is what I struggle with a lot with, with a lot of this, honestly. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability because you know, the show is geared to build um, and empower women. And we all have um, insecurities. And yeah. I mean, you know, what you're talking about now is more so the design aspect. Mm -hmm. But do you feel that pressure to look that certain way for social media too? That's why that I don't better? a lot of people ask me why I don't post myself more why I don't do more stories, why I don't talk more on the camera. I I, once a week. And then when I do do it, like when, when I do post myself, I get a ton of people being like, why don't you do this more? Like, mm -hmm. why don't you talk more? And it's because every day I'm in a nasty bun and a baggy t-shirt and dirty jeans and no makeup or makeup that like is half on from the day before. And I'm like, I'm not going on like social media to talk about this. And that's really sad because I should, because that's the truth. That's the truth, but yeah. So I feel like, and then I see these other designers who are posting like every single day and they look like Barbie dolls all the time, such in fashionable, like wear, like they're, and I'm just like, man, I, I don't want, I don't have the energy to right. keep up with that. So it's easier for me to just do a video showing the house and not myself. Um, but yes, because of that, I don't post myself very often because I feel that pressure to look the role of a designer, even showing up. I showed up to, I was mortified. I showed up to one of my client appointments in what I wore to the job site. And normally I would go change and right. freshen up and I didn't have time to this week. So I showed up and I was just like, gosh, I even said, her. I even told her, I was like, I normally wouldn't show up to a job site like a, or a, a client console like this it was the first time meeting her. And she was like, and she like her whole body goes like she just like relaxed. And she was like, I work from home. Aww. I was like so worried when you were coming. I think she was like afraid I was going to show up looking like this. You know what I mean? Because she relaxed when I like said something. And that that said a lot. Yeah, that said a lot to me. And I was like, OK, 
maybe we have it wrong. You know, yeah. we do. I think social media has really created this monster, sure. a monster. And I feel it on a daily basis. I know other, I have other friends who are they're They thrive on social media because they have to, because of the industry they're in. And I know they feel that same pain on it. And so it's not just what I do. It's, and I think even just women in general feel that pressure that when they post a photo, it has to be perfect. Yeah. It's, it's really heartbreaking. I was listening to an interview with Jane Fonda and that, that was one of the things that they said is, you know, she was back when I was, you know, in my twenties and thirties, you know, obviously, you know, we, we didn't have social media right. and, you know, the paparazzi were like the worst yeah, and thing, right? We still, we had, you know, the magazines and stuff and that's when bulimia and anorexia, anorexia and all of that took hold yeah. because of those, um, images that you were seeing in magazines but now that's all they see is flash 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 there's girls that are so fake i mean yeah. there's they're so um what, what do you call it when you do the app uh, oh um what's the, there's a skinny it's called skinny me i think is one of them that one terrifies me but yeah there's ones that you can like alter your face all yeah they're together. they're Facetune, that's what it's called. I get ads for it all the time. And then you see them in person and you're like, what, what, this is not what you look like. It's shocking. It's really, it's, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. It's sad because most, everyone's beautiful in mm-hmm. their own way. And that's what makes you unique. And so when you show up and you're, it's, it's sad. And it's doing the opposite. It's doing the it's 100 doing complete the opposite, opposite of what, you know, and we, we're living in a world where we know how we're perceived by how many likes we have oh, and how, yeah. how many followers we have. Yeah. And I mean, you and I have talked about how, you know, um, you don't have as many followers as some of the other designers that you think are so big, but you have 10 clients, right? So it's like they, yeah, the followers no, right. don't always... Yeah. our true identity of how well they're succeeding right. and in their business. So, and that's a, it's a, a thing to remember and a thing to keep in mind, but for whatever reason, social media has such a stronghold that you gauge your success by your followers and your likes. And yeah. it's sick, honestly, it's yeah. doing a well, lot of damage. And correct, just, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I do believe your all of your clients find you from social media, right? Yes, like 90% of them. And then usually when I list one of the new homes from like Zillow and stuff or so, but yes, now it wasn't always that way before it was more word of mouth or Zillow, mm-hmm. but now it's the complete opposite. It's social media. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, she's saying that um, she has a daughter that feels the same way about social media and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see our girls going through it. Um, but even as mothers, we are, we're guilty of it. You know, we get sucked into that and building this business, you know, in the moment live and, you know, transitioning, I, you know, shut down all my coaching pages, you know, um, a couple years ago and, you know, starting over and it does it, it really gets in the mind of, Oh, you know, people aren't going to take me serious if I don't have enough followers. So I'm glad you shared that. And I'm glad, you know, that it's, everybody needs to know that we all feel it. And yeah, you know, maybe this is time that we rise up and say, you know, maybe start posting more videos and I'd love to see (laughs) it, throw a hard hat on and go at it. But 
So diving back into this, what is your biggest horror story of a project? What's the worst thing that's ever happened? Um, I'm trying to go through all of them, but I would say the one that made me feel the worst about myself and made me feel like it really took, I like didn't even want to take clients up. Like I was like very tempted not to take clients anymore after this. Um, I had, it was my first new build clients and they were out of state and we got to the last three weeks of the project. And not only did they hire me to do the designs, they hired me to check in on the project and, you know, make sure the, the visions of the designs were coming to life appropriately. And would walk that house, you know, every other week and, you know, it's was, it was all coming together. I even hired their builder, you know, like it was all coming together. Good. And they, they, they came in to like, come check out the house themselves, you know, and they, they popped in and she was very upset of the beam placement on the roof, like at the beams in the, in the whole space. And I didn't understand at first. I was like, gosh, we did the designs. We had the sketches, we had everything. I'd go over and they ended up paying a lot of money to redo like the kitchen based off of the beam placement and things got sour. Things got weird for a while. And at the end of the project, you know, things got strange. And I, I asked, you know, what, what's going on, what's mm -hmm. happening. Cause they got different with me, you know, things got interesting. And so I was like, what happened? Like what's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. They, she told me that she felt like that was my mistake oh. that I made that error and I should have caught it. I should have known that didn't look good and that they paid all the money to fix it when it was my fault. And that ate me alive. It still does. It still eats me alive. Was it my fault? I don't know. My only saving grace was they signed off mm -hmm. on designs beam. They signed off on all these beam cabinet designs, everything they signed off on it. And I think that's the, like it's, I've gone back and forth about it for so long, but it's, it was hard. It was really hard to be like in that position where they paid me, they trusted me. And then they felt like I was the one that let them down. Even besides having all of these things that they signed off on showing everything. But when they got there in person and saw it in person, she felt like it didn't, wasn't right to the eye. And no matter how much I talked about, like, you know, this can be subjective. Like one, one person could walk in and think that because the cabinets aren't symmetrical, that looks bad. Where mm -hmm. another person could be like, yeah, the beam's not symmetrical, but the kitchen's symmetrical. We went back and forth, right? But it's subjective. But I still think like that haunted me and it still does. I'll still wake up and I get taking on clients ever since then has kind of been like, a, oh my gosh, I better cross my T's mm -hmm. and dot my I's. And, you know, it's, but I, I can't catch it all. And some it's, so the how walking in, it was, it was, that was hard. And that was a very, I felt bad about myself. I felt like a failure. You know, I felt, you know, I, all of this, I thought they paid me all this like money and I let them down and I, I they become friends and all of that. And that was, that was hard. 
So did you take away that as a lesson and do, did you change contracts? Did you, did you pivot in a way of that learning curve? So yes, I, I realized I needed to fine tune with my clients that my designs aren't to scale their sketches and the cabinet, the cabinet designs and all of that are what is to scale. And that's what we can both look over together right. and make sure that like all of that stuff is symmetrical or all of that. And so, yes, I, the takeaway was I need to be more clear and I also need to be more upfront with what my role is. You know, if you sign a document signing off on it and I look at that document and I look at the design, it's right. Right. It's correct. You signed it. There it is. Okay. If you're hiring me to be on site. So I think I learned, I need to be a little bit more clear on like just what my role is too, because mm -hmm. I am just more of the design. I'm not a contractor. Right. I don't try to practice as one. I know it can probably come off as that sometimes, but I think I had to be more, I have to be more clear with clients that like I help design and make it look pretty, but I, the contractor is who's going to help scale that all out right. and make that. And not, not all designers are that way. Some designers do scale it all out and do all of that. And I really appreciate and love them for doing that. Yeah. That's a lot of work, but I don't do that. So my pivot point was like, I've got to be more clear up front from the beginning with clients on what I do. Right. It was, it, it was a good lesson, hard lesson, a hard, lesson, lesson. hard lesson, hard lesson. Those are the best. Yes. Damn. Hard and by the way, everything was cleared up. Her and I still talk. Oh, I, you know, we, we ironed it out. And so long, like there's no hard feelings yeah. anymore. That's why I was even okay with talking about it. Like we're good. good. Um, so circling back to the feminine masculine roles that we all coexist. Um, after being on the site all day with all that masculinity and all the guys <laughs> and taking on that and um yeah you got a taste of it this week <laughs> yeah did blow out a porta potty for sure um uh how do you go home and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, that's funny <laughs> that, um how do you go home and balance that with your new fiance uh, yes um I touched on it earlier I think the the trial and error with the the contractors and learning how to like talk with them has taught me a lot about men in general um the trial and error because there's a lot more <laughs> i get a lot more grace i get to i get all, i have a lot more room to play with with them because if i'm a bitch one day and the nicest person the next day it doesn't change right. anything that's not the same in a relationship right like you can't go rip their head off and then like go cuddle them. And then like, they're just really? like, I mean, we do, <laughs> we do, but they're just like, what the heck? And like, you know, that's not fun energy to constantly right. be balancing is like all of that. But so I'd say like the con, like working on a male dominated like crew has taught me to like go home. And like what I was saying earlier about like being more patient and kind of like saying the Oh, okay. Okay. But then giving my opinion and all of that, but for myself, I, 
I have to remember that I can come across as very harsh, very sharp tongue. And even more so when I'm stressed, you know, that, you know, the saying that you take it out on your loved ones. And I, you know, in a relationship that rings very true. So I, I constantly feel like I'm having to remind myself that, like I said, with the crew, Marshall means well, right. he's, you know, not saying this stuff to upset me. And I feel like it's also nice to go home after being in a male dominated thing all day where I do feel like sometimes I have to be more, it is kind of nice to go home and remind myself that I don't have to always be the boss. Yes. I don't always have to be telling a man what to do. Like, cause that's what I do all day long. I can come home and let him like try to <laughs> try. I say, I say try because I don't know, maybe it's a, I've taught, maybe it's like a thing that he's scared of now or something, but like picking where to eat, like as simple as like, where are we going to go to dinner and stuff? Or like, I even made the reference of opening the pickle jar and, right. you know, like, it's nice to kind of be like, I'll like, I change, I, I do light bulbs in that house. Like I put all the light bulbs in the houses, right? I'll go home and I'll be like, Marsh, can you put this light bulb like in for me? I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm like, so it's like that. Right. And I I try to balance it with him because I do know I I read a book and it stuck with me about how men think and what men want. And it's probably not true for all men. Right. It's, you know, it's not right. It's not always true, but I always go back to this book and men, like you said earlier, want to be wanted, needed, the damsel in distress, all of that stuff. So I try to balance it with reminding myself of those things. It's not, not all the time. Of course, I don't do it all the time, but I try to remind myself to let him be a man. When it sounds like, it sounds like your job has been a good teacher for you. It has with the guys. It has. So that's awesome. That's, I mean, it's a great take. Yeah. So, um, you've been recognized locally by breaking records time and time again with your custom spec home projects. What do you feel sets your homes apart from the other listings? And do you feel even more pressure now to keep breaking your own records? Uh, Yeah. The last part. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's kind of like the social media thing all over again. It's like, I feel every time I do these houses and they set a new record, it feel, I'm, of course I'm proud. Of course I'm happy. All of that. But the first thing going through my mind is how is the next one going to be better? Like, how am I going to make, and that's, it goes true for not just the record breaking in real estate, but for social media too. How is that next photo going to be better? Like, how is the next house going to like photograph better? And I feel that struggle like all the time. Like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Well, it's hard because right again, society has created this. They've created us to get more likes, to get more followers, to get, you know, to break records, to get better, 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 better. And it's just stressing us out yeah. more and more and more. And it's why it's alcohol consumption is up and drugs are up and people are microdosing now. And, you know, because if there's always just such people want to be perfect yeah. and, it's it's yeah unfortunately that's a whole nother show uh, yeah it is and 
I'm sure you'll have a lot of amazing women that can touch on like all of that a lot more, but yeah, but I think, uh, I think every, I think every woman and probably I think men too, I think, I think as a society, we feel the pressure to just one up, one up all the time. Well, you're doing something right because you've been awarded top 100 Arizona real estate agents on social media for two years running. You were interviewed for that recognition. And this year you're the top, you're in the top 10 landing firmly in spot number eight. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort and more stress and more stress. It's a full-time job. It's like, so I already have a full-time job right. and then I do the social media and, you know, I get help with it, but still it's like, like the, I just posted a reel yesterday <laughs> and I was 45 minutes late. <laughs> it's 45 minutes late to a console because I knew I wanted to do this reel and I knew I bought this tripod and it's the first time I've used one because <laughs> I'm trying to post myself more because everyone's like, post yourself more. So I'm like, okay, I'll post myself more. So, but then I have to think about all of that. Right. So then I end up just like videotaping myself doing weird stuff. That's not even really real. Cause I'm just like, Oh, well, maybe, Oh, I guess this would be a good thing to videotape. And it just ends up being weird. I feel like it just ends up being weird. And then I was late to a consult because I was, I was also working. I was shopping for light fixtures. I was also working, but I was also doing this real at the same time. I was trying to multitask it (laughs) and time slipped and I was late and mortified. And I was like, damn it. Now I look at that real. And I think just like, I just look at it like one, it's probably really cheesy. And two, and two, I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, I don't have time to be doing this. And then I like, wait, where I actually make my money and what is actually like what I should be doing it was late for. So I'm like, and social, like, but I mean, social media gets me clients, but it's not, right. you know, I would get that without doing that real. I would think like that real problem. I don't know. Reels are what's hot now. Oh my God. I can't I keep know. up the algorithm, the, all this stuff. I'm like, I can't keep yeah. up anymore. Keep fucking shit up. <laughs> um, so that, that was basically, I think you kind of, touched on that because I was going to say, you know, if you could share with the ladies that um, we have some entrepreneurs, ladies watching tonight. And if you have any tips on how you should grow your social business accounts. Yes, I do have tips as much as I act like I, I, I do hate social media, but of course I'm addicted and I love it at the same time. Um, unfortunately, videos are the key. Once I started posting more videos and not just photos, I started gaining a lot of followers. If you're in a business where you're able to do giveaways, I notice a huge spike in followers and real. Oh, that's a good one for one of our listeners tonight. We were talking about that. Okay. About, yeah. yeah. Giveaways. Like I've noticed a, a huge spike when I, not just in followers, but I feel like I got some genuine interest. Like I got a lot more of my online, like I do sometimes online design mm-hmm. clients where they're in like another state. And I got a couple of those from a giveaway. Like what was the best giveaway? What, what brought you the most leads? Well, leads being followers engagement. Well, this last one should have been my best one, but Instagram changed their algorithm. And everybody I talked to is struggling with how many people are watching their reels and stuff. So something weird is going on with Instagram and 
I don't know what is happening. So it was the giveaway right before that was the most successful. And what I try to do is I always try to use a trending like audio, like a trending song that you'll see the little arrow next to the song and you choose those and you put that with something that's interactive. I, I sometimes make them on Canva where they now Canva now does like a, like you can convert the photo into like a video mm -hmm. and the, it's like a PowerPoint where you could like choose a fade in of like words. Oh, wow. And so it creates it into a video when it's not, it's just an image. And those giveaways where I make them video with trending audio seem to really like spike and I get a lot. So I do that with my giveaways, but so I'm not going to post away? myself. Um, I depends my, this last one should have been, like I said, should have been a really big giveaway. Cause I was giving, I think, gosh, I can't remember. I want to say $200 two so $200 gift cards to target. And then a free design, like a free design board by me, which, um, the winner of that was an out of state oh. person. It was really, and was you've awesome. done a couple of those and they've I been have. successful yeah. yeah. and it brings in clients and then word of mouth, word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it it's yeah. And they're always so sweet. The giveaway winners are always so sweet and so like cautious, like, cause they don't want to like, so from my experience so far, they don't want to like take it too far. Like they're like, okay, what was like, what did I win? It's oh. so like, if you're in a business where you're giving away a service, I feel like they're, they seem very cautious about that. So the most recent thing I did was um, for Marriott, they were doing a, um, for the, it was like a walk, a walker, like a relay. Oh, yeah, it was, um, um, for was Children's, it Phoenix Children's, Children's Hospital. Hospital. Yes. Children's Hospital. Phoenix Children's Hospital. And they contacted me and asked if I would do part of their giveaway for like their silent mm -hmm. auction. And I did that. And that was that was actually one of the people I went and saw this week when I was dressed like a hobo and I felt so bad even more so because I'm like I should you know I should be presentable but she was, look who you won a gift certificate from. yeah I know she was and I was like when she answered the door she was probably like is this the right person <laughs> like, it's a scam I knew it was a scam. a scam yeah I know oh my god um but she she has been like from the beginning very much so like okay like I know this is, but she added more on. Oh, so she was like, good. I know I got like just one design board, but I'd like you to do all these other rooms too. Like, can you please give me an estimate for those other rooms? Where it's like, I would have, I would have expected like a giveaway winner or something to be like, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like how much more can I get from this? But the past three I've done, they've all been super respectful. Oh, and nice. I'm like, so I enjoy the giveaways and I feel like it's me giving back to yeah to my followers, you know, cause there are people who are following and true, like true followers that you want to give back to. So, yeah. okay. I have two more questions. I see a couple more questions have come in. Um, this last year you customized and designed your very own first vehicle. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> that was fun. That was, that was probably, I feel like the first thing I've gifted myself in a really long time, five years. And, you know, I've been so focused on reinvesting, reinvesting, like use that, like use it all to reinvest, 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 like business, grow the business. And I do stick true to that. I really do. But I think that you also deserve to reward yourself 
And I think that you work so hard for like our other women out there. Like you work so hard and you, I think you deserve to reward yourself. And I chose to reward myself with a Jeep Gladiator and I wanted to design it. It's been my dream since I can remember to design, like to have this beautiful Jeep it was before it was a Jeep Wrangler. And then they came out with Gladiator and I was like, whoa, it's a pickup truck. Like I could actually yeah. use that. And like right now it's loaded down with tile. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm like she's pretty, but she's, she's taking a beating too. Like she's like, but it was fun. It was fun to do design because right now, like, I'm so I designed the Jeep, which was different because I still love design. And sometimes the houses, I get tired and sometimes mm -hmm. I get like overwhelmed that I don't want to design houses anymore. But as soon as someone throws something else to design, I'm, it lights me right back up. So the Jeep gave me that. And right now the wedding is giving me that too. Ah, so. That's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's designing her wedding. So ladies, stay tuned for that. So talk now we put the pressure on her, right? We were just I saying, know, I'm like, oh, the pressure. There it sorry. is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right here tonight, we have a bunch of ladies listening in. And do you have a circle of lady friends, professional and personal, that you really lean on? And how do they help you stay grounded? Well, I mean, obviously you're the main one. Mm. I know you're my mom, but like you're my best friend too. And you're the most grounding person I know. <laughs> and now you, you starting like yours thing, like that's been like a fire too, to be like, Oh, like that. I love it. Um, I do. I do have a couple other friends that are very, they're in different industries too, which is amazing. You know, I have a friend that does medical sales and it's a very male dominated world too. And she has very like, she just fits, she fits right into that but as a woman it's hard she you know struggles with like other things because of like that and it's hard so we get to talk all the time about being like in a male-dominated industry that you have to balance your outside life with that because you can't be the boss woman all the time and um it's grounding for each other to just like remind each other that like it's okay to play two roles mm -hmm. and how to play two roles like we constantly are bound like bouncing that off of each other. Um, but yeah, even, I even have friends that are in a woman dominated industry, like hairstylists and stuff like that, that they struggle just as hard being around catty women. Yeah. We're so the then worst. I'm like, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, wow, I feel like they're in a worse situation because they're dealing with like catty women all day long. Mm -hmm. And not for multiple reasons, who knows why they're catty. I mean, I like whatever, but I'm like, it's not just male dominated industries at heart. Sometimes working with alongside women are harder. Well, you've touched on real estate that those women are mean. Ooh. Oh, well, the fitness <laughs> industry is the worst. Oh yeah. That that's was hard. The, but was, women in women in real estate are out, like, out of their minds. Ooh, they, they are mean. <laughs> Okay, so we have a question coming in. Was it hard to learn all of the legalities pertaining to all of your work projects? That's a good question. And what type of accountant do you use? Great question. Um, legalities, yes, I'm still learning them. I probably should know them <laughs> more by now. Um, I'll never forget our, I finally, like after two years, sat down with a lawyer 
and was kind of like, okay, I needed my contracts. Like I need you guys to review them, make sure that they're like legal first off and make sure that they're like good and sound. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and he was like, it's not a matter of if you get sued, it's a matter of when you get sued. And that scared me to my core, but it was also comforting knowing that like, Hey, there's a high chance I'm probably going to get sued at some point being in the industry I'm in, but just also kind of like knowing like it's maybe not anything I did wrong. So learning the legalities, I have my real estate license. So I already knew a lot of like legalities because they'll touch on like being a builder, like builder stuff. Like they touch on that in like real estate school. I just did my continuing education courses. I was shocked like how much they actually talked about that kind of stuff. I don't remember that from real estate school, but doing the continuing, but the, I still learn and I feel like it's constantly changing too. And so I'm always updating my contracts too. And I'm constantly, every time something happens, I update that. But the legality part, I try to learn as much as I can without overwhelming myself because I'm like, okay, if something happens, like, I guess that's when the lawyer comes in and try to tries to help with that. But most of it is common sense. I feel like in, like in construction, it's kind of like, okay, if you know something's bad, if you know something's wrong, disclose it, right? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of comes back most of the legalities in the construction world and real estate world are kind of common sense. So I feel like I just try to keep up on my continuing education to like know of like anything new that's come up, but otherwise it's kind of like, just be a good person. And if I get sued because I was being a good person and I did what I thought I was doing right, then okay. Like then all, then it's, then it is what it is and we'll deal with it at the time. But I try not to like overwhelm myself with the legal side of things. Right. Well, and I know I'll, I, I, I can help out on this one a little bit because um, she, you just gave up your site. You, you're not selling the homes yeah. now because. Yes. Because of the legality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he said like, it's not a matter of if it's when you get sued. The main thing he was talking about is because I was wearing all of the hats. I was the realtor. I was the designer. I run the construction crews, you know, like even though I'm not the actual GC on it. I'm at the job site so much that I can't get away with saying like, I didn't know that that didn't happen. I'm so close to my contractors. They call me when the littlest thing happens. And you're I like, start. I don't want to hear it. And I, sometimes I'm literally like, just don't tell me, please don't tell me. Especially mm-hmm. if it's a remodel, like, please don't tell me like a new build. Like you can't get away with anything, but a remodel it's like, and I hate saying that, but sometimes it's like the littlest stuff. And it's like, well, now I know about that. And it's like, where does it end? Like, where does it end on like what I have to disclose? So the biggest stress I could take off myself for legality was hiring a mm-hmm. realtor. And thank God we hired the most badass one that's going to just like protect no, so we us. Hired a Chihuahua. And, and she like, <laughs> she's going to be great. And I already, she's already taken over on one of the jobs and she helped me on one of the last ones and it's already so good. But I now have to remember <laughs> why I tell her. So she doesn't get in trouble. (laughs) So now I'm the contractor that's like, I can't, I can't call her and be like, Hey, this happened today. Yeah. She's like, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. (laughs) Okay. So let's see. We have some more coming in. Sorry guys. I have the mouse on the couch. (laughs) Okay. How long do you think you will run this by yourself? I hope we're not. So I get a grandbaby. 
<laughs> she pushes that really hard. I try. Um, I try so hard. It's not working. <laughs> I just adopt another dog. Yeah. I'm focused, but I hope sooner than later because I do, I do need the help. And I've known I needed the help for a long time. I just didn't know where. And so I've been trying this last like six months, year. I've been trying to see where I need help. And so I've already started. I started with, you know, hiring the realtor, started with hiring a bookkeeper. Um, those are all by her nudging and being like, hey, I just, I couldn't wear all the hats anymore. And it, it was starting this, when they say stress kills, you were at a 10. It was and it's pretty like, bad we need to hire a damn bookkeeper because it this was is pretty ridiculous. bad. I was having like mental break, like mini mental breakdowns over like numbers. Um, I started getting like chest pain and like numb hands. Like I've my, my doctors are referring me to cardiologists, like stress <laughs> kills. And so I think the next step is hiring an assistant. Um, I can't, I can't take it all on anymore. So I would say it's very much so on my mind. So very soon I will be bringing on more people to not do it myself. I need to circle back because um, she asked, what type of accountant do you use? Um, well, it's just a general the CPA. Family. He's been our family accountant. Yeah, he's been our family accountant for years uh -huh. and we trust him. He's more than an accountant to us. He's kind of a business, you know, we go to him a lot with like our business ideas and I like for advice and all of that stuff. Um, but he is a, he's a general CPA. Yeah, he's a good egg. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. All right, ladies. So we, I'm finished with my questions. If you guys have more, keep them rolling in. I'm going to go to the ones that were um, emailed in earlier. Um, Nicole, I'm not sure if she's still with us, but um, she wanted to know, do you have insecurities and how do you handle and manage those? Like we kind of touched on the insecurities. Um, I'm not sure if she meant, um, I'm not sure if she meant on the job or personally, but um, I think we pretty much touched on this. Yeah, I would say like managing, it's just. Yeah, if, if you're still on and you, if, if there was a certain question or if we didn't, if she didn't answer that, uh, drop us in in the Q&A for that. Uh, Brittany, when you know exactly what you want, how do you convey that on site and how do you stick to it? Um, it is fluid. So I don't always stick to it, but when I, when I know something I want to stick to, it's kind of like beating a dead horse because like I said earlier, I don't always, I'm not so direct with the guys because it can be so harsh, especially when they're the ones doing like the labor work and stuff. Like I, I don't want to just come in and be like, nope, that's not what I said. Change it. Like do it over. So I feel like it feels like beating a dead horse sometimes because I'm like, show up and I'm like oh no the rock was supposed to be like 10 inches that way can you move it for me <laughs> we've done so, that this week that was this week too I mean <laughs> I'm only doing this week's like stuff because it's so fresh yeah. but I mean it happens every single mm -hmm. day so it's ridiculous I say, the stuff that you deal with I, I've been on the site with her most of the week I don't know how she does it I don't know how she does it because you just want to walk up to him and go <laughs> don't understand what we're saying and finally I chimed in and I said just do the visual picture snapshot it and just do boop oh 
oh and it was like a light bulb went off well maybe that's my problem such patience and I oh but inside inside and I'm like this is where the chest pain's coming from because inside I'm just like looking at them like I could punch you right now but I'm just but my face is like 10 inches to the left like no your other left I'm like that's your right I love you so I mean just it, I I try to be as patient as I can. I know my vision and I'll just keep nicely telling them to redo it until, until it's there. And sometimes it's not. And then sometimes I look at it and I'm like, you know what? It doesn't look that bad. I'm the only one that's going to notice this. Yeah. I'll let it go. Yeah. I'll let it go. And I walk away from it. And if in two weeks I can't let it go, usually the contractor will come back and change it. Oh, funny. <laughs> I think that probably answers Kelly's question. She said, do you find yourself butting heads with the subs and contractors? And so I guess really yeah. more so butting heads as in they're not, you know. Yeah, there, there's a couple, there's a couple I butt heads with. And those are the ones earlier I said, I have to be a little bit more stern with. I don't, they don't get, they don't always get the nice, like, please. Mm-hmm. They kind of get the no, like, thank you. But no, like a little more stern. They get the bit chat. And they can take it because they're a bitch too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I know you can take it. So we'll just duke <laughs> it out for a second and move on. Shannon asks, what is the hardest part about being a woman in this male dominated industry? Um, I feel like as much as I do feel like I do feel respected. I don't think there's ever been a time I feel disrespected. There's been, I mean, a couple, of course, but they're compared to like the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. I feel like I, I just don't fit in, right? Like, you know, I, I'll like this week I ordered the crew. I asked what, if they were hungry and I ordered them pizza and, you know, I, I order pizza. It comes, I leave. Because it's just like, I'm not going to sit around and like eat pizza with the crew mm-hmm. and not, not for any other reason than like, I don't fit in. I can't mm-hmm. sit around with 30 men and eat pizza. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like the hardest part is like, I, even though I'm surrounded by people on a daily basis, I feel very alone. I'm very alone. Like my job is very lonely mm-hmm. and it's. I'm talking to these guys, but I'm boss, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not their friend and nor should I be, but it's not like a, I will laugh, we'll giggle, we'll have these moments, but otherwise, like I'm on my own, they leave me alone. They stay away from me. I stay away from them unless they're asking me questions, vice versa. But other than that, I'm alone. I'll be surrounded by people and I am alone. Crickets. It's crickets. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I never Being, knew you felt that way. You didn't? No. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, no, don't be. <laughs> no, like, I don't say it like to be sad. It's just, but I'm also an introvert. Yes. So I feel like it could be, it could be different, but I don't want it to be also for like a, a work wise, like there's working relations. I also have to remember I'm a woman. I can't befriend men on a job site. That's not appropriate. So like, I don't say it to be like, but it it does sometimes feel like I've gone all day, like without talking, but I'm such an introvert that like most of the time it doesn't bother me. I was going to say you like it. 
most of the time it doesn't bother me, but there is days where I realize like, wow, I'm kind of alone in this. I walk in and you're blaring your eighties music and you're blaring my, blaring my stuff, you know? (laughs) Okay. So one last question is from Gina and I think we're going to wrap it up unless you guys have something else coming in. Um, I can't believe I didn't ask this question. Have you ever been sexually harassed in the workplace? And if so, how did you handle that situation? Um, I mean, I have outside of construction. I have when I, you know, in college when I worked, you know, in restaurants and bars and stuff. Um, on my current jobs, like at current work, there's instances where like, I feel like maybe I was like, oh, was that harassment? You know what I mean? Like it was like a comment that probably shouldn't have been made. Um, one, one time stands out very in particular. I was, it was very new. I just finally hired Miguel and we, it was a very new crew. It was the first house I'd ever done. And I'll never forget the electrician walked in and he said, I can't even remember now what he said, but it was, you know, it was kind of like, uh, and I'll never forget, like, Miguel, like, looked at him. And he, like, some time went by. Daddy and Miguel, stepped in. Miguel took him outside oh. and was, like, saying stuff to him. That's the same electrician we use to this day. Oh. To this day. He still says things every once in a while. But I'm, like. When Miguel's out of earshot. When Miguel's not around. But it's always asking me my age again. Oh, Jesus. So it's, like, what's your age again? A year and older than the last time you asked me. I'm, like, it's been three months, dude. Oh my god! I haven't had a birthday, but um, but I and sometimes I just try to chalk it up to like, oh, maybe because you know they're always Miguel says Miguel the other contractors are always talking about how the group the crew says like they can't believe they can't believe like who they work for almost like I'm young you know like you know in Scottsdale doing like big homes like it's I'm sure it's I'm sure it's weird for them they're used to working with men Mm -hmm. like you know, like, or women like have, like they have husbands that are there with them. And, you know, not that Marshall's not around a lot, but he's not around a lot. Right. You know, he shows up to the job sites and he, every blue moon and stuff. So it's not like they know I'm not like a single woman doing it, but I'm sure it is kind of shocking, but <laughs> just to go back to it, like, I, I don't feel like they've never said anything directly, like directly to me, but like, I have felt you know, you feel the eyes every once in a while. You feel like that. Like, I do feel that. But I've never felt threatened, if that. So double back on the, the job place where you were, you said you were sexually harassed at the workplace. Yeah. How did you handle that situation? Gosh, how did I handle that situation? Um, I know I quit. And I, I think I had messaged something so crazy. It's something so bizarre. I had messaged like up, up, he was a manager and it was him and like the cooks. So I was like a hostess at a sushi place in Biltmore. And I, as a hostess, I was in charge of doing all the to-go orders. So I had mm-hmm. to go back into the kitchen often and the cooks were always saying stuff like that was like it was annoying I hated it but like it was just like whatever but then my manager like joined in and that's when and then he invited me and another hostess out and we were under 21 at the time and he took us to geisha which 
I didn't know at the time turns into an, like an actual bar at night. So, um, long story short, like I was young, you know, like whatever, but that like, so like when he invited us out and then we left because when we realized it was like, and it wasn't like, we thought it was like a, a work outing, you know, we thought like it was like a bunch of like people we worked with, but I was just like us three like me, her and him. Oh my God. And we left. We were like, no, the next day we worked and he said something in the kitchen, like very inappropriate, very inappropriate. And I messaged corporate or like the higher up above him. I didn't go to corporate yet and told them what had happened. I told them about like the geisha, everything. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget his boss emailed me back basically like dismissing it. And I can't remember the words, like the language he used, but it was very like this never kind of happened kind of oh, thing. And I remember just being like, I, I can't, I can't work here. Clearly. Yeah, like I guess I, it did happen. Clearly. <laughs> like, so I quit and come to find out like months, months later, if not a couple years later, he got like fired, like fired and was like, like under like in court for like major sexual oh like assault even. So. I, I barely remember that situation. I don't, I don't think I, knew I know. Oh my gosh. It, it literally feels like a different life. And I'm like, wow, this feels, I haven't, I haven't thought about it in so long that I'm like, wow, I don't even, rem I'm like wow. vaguely remembering, but it's all kind of coming back. And I'm like, yeah, he was, I don't remember what was said or anything like that, but I just remember being like, no, like, I'm not going to allow myself to get treated this way, especially by, and like, even though he was like my boss, I was like, no, like this isn't right. And I don't need to put up with this. I don't mm -hmm. need to be here. I don't need this job that bad. Like other, other restaurants are hiring. I can go get a job anywhere else. Yep. And I left and I, I thought I was following up by sending an email. And when that was dismissed, that was, that felt so disgusting. I felt dirty. I remember yeah. feeling like dirty and feeling like, you know, so dismissed and I kind of let it go. And then it was uh, the friend who went with me that night. She stayed working there for quite a while after. She's the one who told me about like, oh, that's right. I what had happened with everything after that. But I was like, and I left. I tried to get her to come with me and she wouldn't leave. She didn't oh. leave. All right, ladies. That's a good one. <laughs> On that note. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that was kind of a deep one. Yeah, let's see. We are running out of time. We are, it, yeah. We are 7.30. What? So um, again, thank you guys so much for taking the time to register, um, to be here live tonight. Like I said, I know that that wasn't an easy um, process, but um, you will have the audio recordings that will be um, dropped into SunCloud. Um, give me a couple days and then um, we will have the full webinar sent to you and uploaded in the portal. Um, I am working on an Apple podcast, so the audio um, will be sent from SunCloud to Apple seamlessly, hopefully. So thank you guys so much for being thank here tonight. Um, women, empowering women. And this is the young girls coming up. Let's um, I think it's, put our arms around I them. And I think my generation is pretty open to it. So good. I think they're open to empowering and being there. So I, th I think something like this is huge. Really yeah, do. we need to stick together. Um, every time we move, the light goes out. But we need to stick together. We need to empower women to be better, to not be sexually harassed in the workplace. We need to um, 
you know, help these girls and ourselves um, recognize that using apps to make yourself look thinner or um, skinnier on Instagram and social media and stop caring about the likes and the um, followers and um, go out and be a beautiful woman and um, enjoy. Yeah. So That's I love good. you guys. Thank you so much for signing up tonight. Enjoy Thank your you. evening. If you liked this session today, be sure to register to join us live in the moment. For an updated schedule of events and upcoming guests, be sure to head over to JanineRotter.com and check out the events page or find me on my Instagram at my handle in the moment underscore live. I can't wait to see you in the moment.